Thank you so much, Sister Karen. Thank you, everyone who has prayed. Good morning, or is it good afternoon? Good afternoon, NLH. Good afternoon to everyone who is listening on MixLR or who will view this a little later on or hear it a little later on. Just giving God thanks for today, for the, the privilege really of coming in this capacity, not the usual capacity that you become accustomed to seeing me in, but um, here nonetheless, and just, just let us just pray that God will be glorified. Whatever it is that will go forth, it is what he will intend it to be. It is what he will want to go out. And that's all, that's all we can pray for. That's all we can do. Um, the, the topic I'd like to speak to us briefly on today is the power to walk. And this is based on Acts chapter 3 to chapter 4, to most of chapter 4, up to about verse 31, not beyond that. All right. And for most of us, this is a pretty well-known, especially chapter 3, pretty well-known piece of scripture for us. But this morning, we, we I, I hope that what I have to say will, will maybe cast certain things in a different light and that somebody will be blessed today. Now, the story that we get in chapter 3, starting at chapter 3, is the one of the beggar who was lame from birth. And right off the bat, we see this, this lame beggar being in a powerless situation. The verses say right there, lame from birth. And because of that um, physical impairment, he literally had to depend on the kindness of strangers. People had to um, take him from wherever it is that he lived and take him to this gate every day and put him there. And he had to sit in that one position and um, play his particular trade, which was to, to beg, beg for arms. He needed money to survive. And, he could not work because of the impairment that he had. His plight is well described in the opening parts of chapter three. All right. And another thing came to me when I looked at this. He was in a powerless situation, but after being in such a situation for all his life, I don't believe that it would be a far stretch of our imaginations to put our set, ourselves in the mindset of this lame beggar for a while and to believe that he thought his situation was also absolutely hopeless. Simply put in Jamaican terms, no, nah, no change, a change, right? This. You get what I'm saying? He had been in this same condition all his life. This is all he knew. Um, 
And he was there looking at it. He had reached the age of 40 and nothing had changed in all of that time. So like, yes, he's pretty set like this. So basically, more than likely, and more than likely, you would have said, you know, all I needed to do was to continue to depend on these people to take me to this gate every day to beg the little money that I needed um, to meet my basic needs. That's all um, I would need, right? I'm in a hopeless situation. There's no way I'm going to get up and walk ever again. This is it. Here comes Peter and John, and immediately. Well, almost, let's say almost immediately, they quash that belief. They mash that down. They showed him that he had a greater need than the few coins that he begged for could meet. His need was greater. Now, we, we know that response from Peter very well. Any version you take it from, we know... Um, it very well. Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. Let me pause there for a while. Maybe Peter didn't mean that he had absolutely no money. That's to say, he didn't have access to any, even a single coin to give this man. Think for a moment, maybe, maybe that's quite likely not what the situation, what Peter was saying. Rather, I would want to believe that Peter was stressing the much greater value of God's healing. Peter, right here, by saying the words... In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. In saying those words, Peter offered to this man, lame from birth, the power to hope, but also the power to walk. Now there's a thought that came to me, and, I, and I'd like you to wade through this thought with me for a moment. And as I was reading and rereading the chapters, I started to wonder, was this the first time that Peter and John had entered the temple? Was this the first time they were walking past this particular gate? And I, and I tried to dig up certain things to, to figure out an answer to this. And based on what I found, I, I would want to believe that maybe this was not the first time. Peter and John were described here in the beginning of chapter three as going up to the temple at a particular time of day. That was three in the afternoon, and it was also part-time. It was a formal prior time. Now, in those times, devout Jews observed three prior times at the temple. It was 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. Now, the fact that these apostles went to pray at these times indicates that they were continuing in the, in the 
Jewish customs. So they had quite likely passed this man at the gate before. So if you pass the man at the gate before, what was different about this particular time? Because remember, this was a man that was brought to this gate every day by his friends to beg for arms. So quite likely they, they would have seen him before. So I asked myself the question, what is it that made this particular day and this particular hour different? I would want to believe that it is the power of the Holy Spirit that Peter along with the other apostles and disciples had received on the day of Pentecost. Now, though it's not said here in this chapter that we are looking at, how long after Pentecost these events took place, we do know that it was after, it was sometime after the big wow moment of Pentecost. All right. Now, because of Pentecost, Peter and John were, hmm, Peter and John were now bearers of the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, this power, I want to believe, had now given them new eyes. Because now they saw this man's truest need being that of healing and that this new power that they had because of the Holy Spirit's infilling, that power would now enable them to give him what he truly needed. I want to believe for a moment that this is what prompted Peter's particular words in verse six. I don't have gold. I don't have silver, but this is what I have to give you. I have the power of the Holy Ghost down inside of me. And that power has given me, that power has enabled me to speak to your situation and in turn give you power to get up and to walk. This power, this power that comes only through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, this power gave a man in a powerless situation all his life, in a hopeless situation all his life. This power had given, now given, this man the hope that his situation could change and given him power that he needed to get up and to walk. That same power, that same power, that, that, that power is available to us today in our time, in our midst, in our right now. 
that power that made that man get up and walk, that power that gave him hope, that same power gave two apostles new eyes to see, see this man's true need. It also gave them new hearts and it gave them a new passion to carry out the commission that had been given to them by Jesus. Now, is that the limit of this power? No, it's not. In fact, this power is limitless. Further on, as we go through verse, go through chapter three, we'll go to chapter four. We see where this same power also gave boldness. And in these two chapters, we saw that it gave boldness of speech. Now, there are two instances in chapter three, once in chapter three, and then in chapter four that Peter, being Peter, made very bold speeches. And listen to me, Peter went in hard. When, when I read these chapters again, I'm like, Peter is in mincing words here. On both occasions, there are some similarities in the two speeches. Read them for yourselves in chapter three and in chapter four. Peter went in hard. Now, after healing the man that was lame, Peter addressed the onlookers. Firstly, he ensured that they knew that what had been done was through no other power but the power of God through the Holy Spirit. He made no bones about pointing out to them that it was the same Christ that they had killed. The same Christ who is the author of life. It was by faith in him that the lame man had received power and strength to walk. Let's check out chapter three and look at verse 15 to 16. Now over in chapter four, Peter is once again seen, seen given, giving a, a very passionate speech to the elders and the rulers of the day. One key thing over in chapter four, verse eight to seven. Over in chapter four, verse eight to seven. Let's look at that. Right at the beginning, at verse eight, and I don't want us to miss this for a moment. It begins by saying, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them. Peter had received the power he needed to speak with such boldness to the rulers. Of Remember that these were 
these rulers, they were seeking to silence these disciples, these apostles. They wanted them to shut up about Jesus. And you could hear their debate a bit further um, down in chapter four as they wondered and they marveled in astonishment at Peter's boldness of speech. So Peter now coming into their presence and standing up and Peter is going to tell him that, remember you crucified Christ. And Peter, was, Peter wasn't pulling any punches. You're the one who crucified him. The same Jesus that you killed. And he's going to point it out to, to, to them. He pointed out that um, Jesus was the one you rejected. But he was raised from the dead. And he's glorified. Peter, Peter wasn't mincing any words right here. Peter had received this power. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit and with power was given boldness to speak. Now, this is, this, these are not the only two examples. If you should go back to chapter two, right after they were where the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles and the disciples up in that room together. And the tongues of fire came down and they started to speak in tongues. Right then, right after that, who was there standing up with boldness again to, to give his speech? Peter. You see what is happening? The Holy Spirit had given Peter power, power to be bold, power to speak. Now, I'm quite aware that for some of us, we might look at it and say, but this is no big deal. Peter always attack. No, not like this. I want us for a moment to take this Peter who we are seeing, this emboldened and empowered Peter, this Peter filled up with the power of the Holy Ghost. I want us to take him for a moment and hold him up against the Peter that we met earlier in the New Testament who had denied Christ. What do we see? Look at these two Peters. Let's let that sink in for a moment. And while that is sinking in, let me ask the question again. What had brought about this change? What made the difference in Peter's life? It's quite clear, it should be clear to us, it is the Holy Spirit's power that makes the difference in the life of Peter and in the life of anyone who believes in Jesus Christ. His power 
the power of the Holy Spirit. The power, this power gives you and me and everyone who needs it, gives the power to walk. It gives the power to hope. He gives the power to stand. He gives the power to withstand. He gives the power to stay. He gives the power to go. He gives the power to fight. He gives the power to pray. He gives the power to be healed and to give healing. There is power. Let me say this to someone this afternoon. There is power in the Holy Ghost. There is power for whatever you need. There is power. But. But. You have to come to Jesus. That principle cannot be skipped. It cannot be overlooked. It cannot be ignored. You have to come to Jesus. In chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There's power in the Holy Spirit. For all that today brings with it. The burdens of today. The trials of today. The persecutions of today. There is power in the Holy Spirit for your tomorrows. But you can't skip the salvation principle can't skip over that. Another thing, if we look at chapter 4, verse 13, you see the astonishment of the very ones who wanted to shut up Peter. They were the very ones who wanted to silence Peter and John. Because even they came to recognize that these were no ordinary men. Yes, they're ordinary, but there was something about them that was, that was making these ordinary men become extraordinary right before their eyes. Verse 13 says towards the end of it, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And these men, unbelieving as they were, 
because they wanted to silence them. They wanted to shut up the message. But they recognized that he was the one who had given them the power to minister to the lame man so that he could walk. In fact, by this time, when we, when we get to this portion of scripture, the lame beggar, his name has had changed. In verse 14, he is now referred to the man who had been healed. His name has changed. Can I say to someone this afternoon that when you come to salvation in Jesus Christ and you receive the Holy Spirit of God, he can change your name. He can change what you have been known as all your life. This man who had been lame from birth was now recognized as the man who had been healed. This same power can be yours. This same power can be yours. This same power can transform you in the same way, in the very same way that it transformed the life of Peter and John and all the apostles who had received the power of the Holy Spirit. This, this power can transform your life in the same way that this man who had been lame and begging by this gate that they called beautiful was healed and he was delivered and his, his, his name changed and he was transformed and he was empowered to get up and walk and from that moment on we could see that he was happy, he was joyful, he was rejoicing. This same power can change your situation today and rewrite your story. Come to Jesus now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Receive him. Receive what he wants to do, how he wants to change you. So often, so often we hear it. And maybe sometimes we are guilty. Lord, if you do this to me, may we serve you, you know. May we serve you. He does it. We're still not serving. Still not serving him. Still haven't come. We still haven't surrendered. So the real, the real need, your truest need, is still not yet met. Just like this man who sat at that gate and thought for many years that all he needed was what he could get in his hand when he stretched it out to passers by. He thought that this was all he needed. But here comes empowered Peter and John who spoke to a need that he knew that he had all his life, but had dismissed it because he thought his situation was hopeless. So he had basically dismissed that need because there was no way that that need could have been fulfilled. And he had limited himself and 
qualified himself as only being a lame beggar. That his only purpose was to stretch out his hand and receive what, what people would give to him. But here comes these two apostles who have been empowered and emboldened by the Holy Spirit. And here they come giving this man, passing on to this man, the power to hope that his situation could change, the power to believe that he could get up and walk and the power to walk and the power to change his name. Here is this man who at the beginning of this story in chapter three was known as the lame beggar who at this point in chapter four, verse 14 is now known as the man who had been healed. And this, if I, if I am not wrong, this was just a day later or maybe some hours later. Look how quickly the power of the Holy Spirit came and changed this man's situation. Look how the power of the Holy Spirit came and transformed and emboldened Peter to stand up in front, in front of crowds and strangers with no regard for who, whomever was in those audiences that he would address and speak of this man Christ and what he had done. This same power can be yours. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come receive Jesus. Come receive the Holy Spirit. Come receive the power to walk out of darkness and into light. Come. Receive the power to change your situation and change your name. Come and receive the power for life and for godliness. Come. Come receive the power that will give you the power you need to walk out of the dead things that you have been sitting among for far too long. Come receive the power that you need to walk into newness of life. Come and like Peter and John receive new eyes through this power so that you can see doors that need to be closed and open doors that you need to walk through. Come, come. Come, come to the one who can give you this power. He can rewrite your story. Just as how the story of this man who was at the gate was rewritten. This man's life was transformed. This is how Peter was changed. Peter did not even fear 
They put him in jail that did not stop Peter from standing up before them and tell them that you're the ones who killed him. You killed Jesus, but this same Jesus, see him here now? These same persons who want to lock up Peter and John were astonished when they saw what being with Jesus had done for the, 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 the lives of these two men. These two men. Come. There, 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 there might be someone today and you're, you're hearing my voice or even the echo of my voice, whatever you can hear. And you feel as if you, you don't even have the words, you, you, you don't even know where to start. Yes, you, yes, you're saying it to yourself right now, right where you are. Yes, I, I want, I, I need to come to Jesus. I need this power to walk. I need this power to see my life transformed. I need this power. I need it. I need the Holy Spirit's power. I need this power, but you don't know what to say. I'm going to, I'm going to not so much lead you into a prayer, but right where you are, let's just sing this little song, this little old time hymn that says, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Just this simple old time hymn. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, please do not pass me by. I want this to be your prayer this afternoon. You're, you're in such a dire situation that all you can cry out is Savior because that is who you need. You may not have recognized that this is who you needed. Just like the man at the gate, he didn't realize that his need was greater than what he could get in his hand, the little coin, until empowered Peter and John showed up. So I'm going to encourage you, just sing this little song as your prayer this afternoon. Pass me not, O oh, gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art holy. Do not pass me by. Say, 
Savior, Savior, hear my humble, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. Let me at the throne of mercy find a sweet relief. Kneeling there in deep contrition, help my Somebody just cry or take you here. Savior, Savior, Jesus. This man at the gate, he called out, thinking, called out to fulfill the need that he thought was the only need he had. But this afternoon, we need a savior. We need a savior. Right where you are, savior. Savior. Hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. Savior, I need to come to you because I need power for, for I am weak, Savior. I'm, I'm weak. I can't walk. I can't stand. There's no strength left in me, Savior. I've been trying to do this for so long and I have become hopeless, Savior. Savior, I think this is all I'm worth. I don't see anything more for me. Savior. Savior. I, I need you, Savior, to come and to change my life, Savior. 
I need you to come and to empower my life so that I can stand Savior, so that I can walk, so that I can be bold, so that I will have hope, so that I can be healed, so that my name can be changed. So that I can tell others that this is what you do. Help me, Savior. That's what you say. Just help me, Savior. He knows the rest. If all you can say is help me, Savior. He knows the rest. A little song that says he understands every little heartache and pain. Every time you call out his name, he knows the different calls. He knows that each call does not mean the same thing and he interprets each one. Just call out for us. I pray that today, someone, someone, if you're saved already, you need to seek the power. If you're not saved, you need to seek salvation to receive that power. This is my prayer for you. This is my prayer for you this afternoon. For if ever time we need this power to walk, to move, to do, to be bold, to go, to go, to go, it is now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For hearing our prayers and our prayers as we have come up to you. Amen and amen.